was hit very hard by Andahar on the left elbow the first time he was up today. Another breaking ball, and this could be the ball game. Deep to left. Out of here. Gary Carter, a game-winning home run in the bottom of the 10th inning, and the Mets win on opening day 6-5. to five. Welcome to New York, Gary Carter. This Yes, that was opening days a long, long time ago. I believe that was in the mid-1980s. I want to thank the New York Mets for sharing that with me. Uh, welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking. I am your host, Larry Frank, and very, very happy to have you join us today um, for what we hope is going to be a terrific show. Um we got some breaking news that we actually first broke here about three days ago. Um, it's not 100% confirmed, but Major League Baseball in the new agreement uh, with the MLPA has announced tentatively that they would like to start the Major League Baseball season, as we said three days ago, at the end of May. Um, whether this will happen or not happen, um, I don't know. But right now, Major League Baseball is talking about it. Um, they're coming up with a couple of different ideas, maybe extending um, to about four more playoff teams um, at the end of the year. It uh, looks like they would try to fit in 140 games and actually push back the playoffs a couple of weeks. So instead of the World Series ending at the end of October, it would actually end at the end of November. And to make sure that we're not playing in some cold cities, they're trying to use some neutral sites that have domes. Uh, so those of you in Tampa Bay, you never know if you're not playing in it. You might be one of the host sites. So they're trying to think outside the box during these, uh, you know, trying times to make the games happen. So, uh, you know, some great news out of Major League Baseball. If, in fact, uh, as we reported three days ago and some of your reporters today, um, I believe it was John Heyman, is uh, reporting that the season could start as early as late May, which means the teams would probably report uh, somewhere around the 1st of May because it's going to take up to three weeks to get back in baseball condition. So uh, hopefully everything goes through there and we'll be playing baseball before long. Uh, yesterday was supposed to be opening day. A lot of your networks were showing baseball. Doing anything we can to get some excitement around the game of baseball. Uh, we happened to catch up with Kevin Cash, and let's see how he was doing, the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. Our front office did a tremendous job of adding. We were healthy to the point in spring training until it got uh, canceled or postponed. So 
we had a lot of excitement, optimism for good reason. We went a, a pretty good distance last year in the postseason, and, uh, and I think the guys got a, a good taste of it, but we're hungrier to get back out on the field and, and, and figure out some more ways to win. Morton, Snell, Glassman, there are some names we know for the manager of that team. If we want to spread Ray's love around, give me some names of some players who might have an impact this year once we get going that we don't talk about all the time. Uh, well, I think Brendan, we're going to see Brendan McKay being pretty special. We know him enough. Guy we drafted, two-way player, going to do a lot of good pitching for us. We acquired a guy in Randy Rosarena that, um, you know, not sure where he's going to come and fit in, but he's going to fit. He's a pretty talented player, athletic guy that we saw from the uh, – we acquired from the Cardinals. Uh, but this spring was fun, man. We, we got to see the guys that did so much to contribute last year and then the new additions that we are confident were going to help us uh, at some point in this 2020 season. Our guy, Eduardo Perez, uh, he has Austin Meadows as our American League MVP. I know you love him a lot. Uh, you look like you're more comfortable on a boat than you do now in a baseball uniform. How's the fishing going? Fishing's going well. It's gone, it's gone well. You know, you, you're... You got to find a way to, to get your mind off the the news at times. Uh, troubling for our not just community but our, our world, our country, all those things. And if we can get out and go fishing, we're going to do that. I, I got to convince my son to do it. Sometimes he likes to go off the dock. I'd rather get on the boat. So that was Kevin Cash, the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. Just trying to bring you a little here and there interviews. We want to thank MLB Network for sharing that with us. Um, but once again, you know, Major League Baseball, as you all know, it is on hold. We're going to do everything we can here to try to fill up the time talking about sports. You know, it's been amazing. That's the one thing about sports. Even when the games are, are not being played, there's still a lot to talk about. Now, as we go to break here, I'm going to play a message, uh, all you Arkansas fans, we're going to talk a little bit about Arkansas and a little bit about uh, their basketball team. But as we go to break here, I, I want to go ahead and play this little clip from Sam Pittman, uh, the head football coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Hey, Razorback fans, Sam Pittman, head football coach. Can't wait to get together with you in Razorback Stadium. But now we have to come together to help save lives. Just a few reminders, keep gatherings to less than 10 people, wash your hands regularly, follow the directives of the governor, the CDC, and other officials. By putting in work now, we'll be one step closer to getting back together in Razorback Stadium to call those hogs. Woo, pig, suey, go hogs. The virus. But let me just share this with you. Remember in 2008, the economy was struggling big time. The economy's going to come back. There's no doubt in my mind. And leave it in the hands of the medical experts, they're going to take care of this as long as we do all the necessary things, the guidelines they give us. You wash your hands regularly, you go out, you have that social distancing, you do all the things they say, things will work out. I know they will. You got to be positive. You got to look at the glass half filled, not half empty. That's the same way in the game of life, the game we all play. You got to be able to have that positive attitude to feel good about what's going on. And you know what? Think about this. Tough people get through tough times. A champ, yes, what is a champ? 
They have courage. They have a heart. They have attitude. They have mental toughness. They have a sense of pride. If a person has pride and passion in whatever they do in life, they'll be a success. Yes, and I know we're going to be successful through this battle. I guarantee you, you're going to feel excited and enthused when it's all said and done. Let's hope and pray that our medical experts get it done because the economy doesn't worry me. I know that the economy will be back stronger and better than ever. That's just the way it is in America where all the people unite, get together during tough times. Yes, it's like in sports. You think about the sports world, the champ. They have that ability to bounce off the floor when things get tough. I've often said, what well, is a great, great player? It's an ordinary person with extraordinary desire to excel, to be better today than yesterday. That's what a champ is. That's what a winner is. You think about all the great athletes that have had the opportunity to watch, to watch them perform, to call some of their games. You think about a LeBron James, a Michael Jordan, a Larry Bird, a Magic Johnson. They're all about the moment. They're all about doing their best and pursuing their goals and dreams. And that's what winners are about. I often define winning very simply. Winning is the ability of an individual in pursuit of any goal or dream to do your best. If you can look in the mirror, as I tell young people, you don't play the kind game. Oh, you can kind your mother, you kind your father, you can kind your coach. But you can't kind the mirror at the end of the day. When you look at that mirror, they know exactly what you did during the course of the day. And did you do something today to make yourself better today than you were yesterday? That is a champ, a champ in a game of life. And I know all of you out there are champs. And we will get through these tough times because we have a bunch of tough people. There are special people, people with that drive, the desire. I talked the four Ds of life, desire, dedication, determination, and the discipline of body and mind. When you have those qualities, you'll make it do anything. Hey, my mother. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank. want to remind you that if you have any comments, concerns, topics you want to discuss on our podcast, you can go to franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. We have a voice link here throughout our show that you can tap on. Uh, and ask a message. We also have a Facebook page, and you can follow me at Twitter. That's Larry Frank. I'm excuse me. That's at Larry Frankis with the U.S. at the end. And you know, I just love listening to Dickie B every day. I, I am so proud that we have a moment to play Dick Vitale's uh, tip of the day, and hopefully, you fans enjoy that. You know, we heard a little from Sam Pittman. Uh, the Arkansas Razorback football coach. Um, you know, also right now, at this time of year, this is what, you know, like as everybody knows, would be winding down March Madness. The 64 teams would be broken down into basically eight teams, I believe. 16 or 18 teams. I'm sorry, 16 or eight teams by now. Um... And now it's time to find out for Ray. You know, the big question for Razorback fans as the season is over is, you know, uh, what happens to Mason Jones and Isaiah jo- uh, Joe? I mean, are they going to go in the NBA draft? And or are they going to be back next season to play another year? Very, very big question, very important question, because this could mean a lot for next year's team 
whether they could be a top 10 team or not. I mean, you got obviously everybody knows Mason Jones led the SEC in scoring, honorable role mention, All-American, uh, great shooter. Then you got Isaiah Joe, who I believe is right now the active leader for a career in three-pointers. Um, and actually, from my understanding, um, when I look at the depth chart in the draft, it looks like Mason Jones would be about the 70th pick in the draft, which, you know, if my math is calculating correctly, I am getting a little older, um, that would be right around a third-round draft uh, in the NBA, where Isaiah Joe is actually would be a 30th pick, which would be right at the end of the first round. Um, you know, so a lot, both of these players, you know, basically half the starting team right there could go in the first three rounds. Um, you know, a lot of questions to be asked there. I mean, both of them, you know, one's a shooting guard, the other's a guard, uh, played great together. Uh, we just hope, you know, as an Arkansas Razorback fan, I hope they come back. But obviously, we want them to do what's best for best for them. Now, if you have not heard, came out yesterday, the NFL, as you all know, is going to continue to do their draft. The NFL will continue to do the NFL draft. Roger Goodell came out yesterday, and I'm, it's not verbatim. But basically saying, you guys in the NFL, you're going to shut your mouth about us having the NFL draft, whether you like it or not. Otherwise, there's going to be fines and discipline involved for those who talk about it. Some very, very strong words from the NFL commissioner. And, you know, I have to say it. You know, the coronavirus obviously is a very big concern. Nobody, you know, nobody in their right mind wants anybody to get infected with the coronavirus. But I commend Roger Goodell. I agree with Roger Goodell. You know, you it's hard. And this man is thinking outside the box. Instead of saying no... Let's cancel everything. He's looking at it from the point of saying, how can we go about doing this at the same time we're keeping people from risk? What's wrong with that? You know, those of you who say, he's stupid, you know, they do things the way they want to do it. They don't follow the rules. What rules? He's doing it at a very low risk to people. You know, this virus, yes, it's deadly. But what are you going to do? You still have to balance out some normalcy. You still got to live. You know, yes, you can quarantine yourself for 14 days. 
I understand that. But you can't quarantine yourself for the rest of your life. To me, that's the same thing as being dead. You have to have some balance between normalcy and everyday life and figure out ways to keep things moving. Roger Goodell is doing that. Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL. If I went to work tomorrow and said bad things about my boss and disagreed about my boss and made it public that I don't agree with him, I would get fired. He's not wrong to discipline him. Life has to go on the best it can under the current circumstances. The NFL draft will probably have more eyes on it than ever before because people are staying in. It's been about four weeks now. You know, people eventually, and I say eventually, are going to have to get back to some form of living. So Roger Goodell keeping this draft going on is not hurting anyone. He's having them do it from different sites where they're safe, where there's not a lot of people, and they can still have a draft. Football will be back in September, folks. I cannot see the President of the United States letting us be in the House. Whether you agree with the President or not is not important right now. I'm not talking politics. But life has to go on at some point. No matter when you make that cutoff point, there's going to be people who said, I told you so. And there's going to be people that said, you know, you are right. You can't win in this situation because there's going to be anyone that gets sick after they allow people out, they're going to be saying, I told you so it was too early. It's just there is no right or wrong time. There is no right or wrong time. I commend the NFL commissioner. He's doing a great job. And in this case, he deserves credit for sticking to his guns and doing what he thinks is right. We'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. You know, hopefully you're enjoying our show. Just want to remind you that Monday we will be back. Make sure to listen to our uh, podcast on Monday as uh, Tampa Bay Lightning captain Steve Stamkos will join us live um, right here on Frankly Speaking. That's number 91, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning captain and all-time leading goal scorer Steve Stamkos will join us. Now you can once again follow us on our Facebook page at Frankly Speaking we are on Twitter, at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. And, of course, any comments, concerns, questions. Maybe you want me to ask a certain question for you when I speak to Steve Stamkos 
on Monday, go ahead and email me at franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. Uh, today in our last segment, and if you haven't known, we usually do one-hour podcasts, but due to the fact of the coronavirus, we still wanted to be able to carry our podcast, so we have limited them between 30 and 45 minutes until things get back to normal. Uh, sometimes we will go the f full hour, uh, sometimes we won't, but it's been amazing, like I said earlier, we still have topics to talk about, and one of the topics I want to talk about is, um, you know, I know I talk a lot about Tampa Bay, uh, I live there, I get a lot of feedback, um, and you know, no matter what team I think it's a right thing to talk about, I will definitely do so. Uh, and in this case, it came out yesterday, and I already knew this, and I think everybody else knew this. Tom Brady and Antonio Brown are good friends. Despite his off-the-field antics and everything, they remain good friends. And I guess there was... Um, some concern. First thing that I heard was this. Antonio Brown might be coming to Tampa Bay. And then news broke yesterday that that will not happen. Bruce Arians basically said, I don't want the guy in my locker room. Can you blame him? Why the heck? First of all, let's look at it this way. You got two great receivers. Yes, Antonio Brown is a great talent, but his individualism, his persona, his lack of leadership on the field overweighs all the talent that he has. He is a cancer to a football team. The guy only cares about himself, has no brains, just has no self-control, why would you want a guy like that who only cares about himself? He doesn't care about the name on the front of the jersey. It's what's on the back to him that counts. He only cares about himself. Why would you want a guy on your team like an Antonio Brown? You know, they got much bigger fish to fry in Tampa Bay, like a running back. They need a big-time running back for Tom Brady. They don't need an Antonio Brown. So for those of you who think Antonio Brown is a good fit for Tampa Bay, get that out of your mind. It's the worst thing that Tampa Bay can do. Actually, everything they've done in the offseason to try to get better including getting Tom Brady, is to the wayside if you get Antonio Brown. That's how bad he is for the chemistry of the team. Then I heard Edelman may be coming down in a trade. Now, let me ask you this. Why? Does somebody tell me why? Yes, you may need a third receiver, okay? But uh, I love Edelman. I have always been a big Julius. 
Julian Edelman fan. I love him in New England. I love watching the games. I just, I, I love what the guy brings to a team. But why? You got the two best receivers in the, arguably, in the National Football League. You got Godwin, a thousand yards reception. You got Mike Evans, a thousand yard reception. You got a tight end who was your first round pick in O.J. Howard. And like I said previously, you're going to find out how good O.J. Howard is this year. You're going to find out whether this individual has what it takes to be an NFL marquee tight end or not. Over the past couple of years, since he's been with the Buccaneers, he hasn't done much. They, they, they hardly used him. And, you know, that could be the system. That could be lack of confidence in the head coach or the offensive coordinator making the calls. But he has not done a great job. You know, people don't remember. In New England, Gronk was a beast. But Gronk wasn't just a beast when he caught the ball. Gronk could block. I think Gronk would love to block. He gets in there and goes, I get to hit somebody, man. And then he hits him. You know, you're going to find out about O.J. Howard. But as far as talent goes, we're weighing it on talent. You got a number one there. And Cameron Brake just took a pay cut so he can stay and play uh, with Tom Brady. So my question to you is, why would you want Edelman? I mean, what's the reason? I mean, now people will say, well, he'd be a great third receiver. But you have other holes. He is not going to be the difference between you going to the Super Bowl and not. You still need a little bit of line work on that offensive line. Right now, your number one focus has to be protecting Tom Brady. Number one, and getting a running back. Because if you can't get a running back on that team that other teams are scared of, then Brady's going to get killed. I mean, you can't throw... 50 times like Winston was throwing, for Tom Brady to do that is not going to work. He's going to get beat up. They need that offensive line to be their number one focus and then running back and then a cornerback, not another receiver. They do not need another receiver on that team. And it's going to be very interesting to see if they make some kind of trade or if they go for a running back in the draft. Uh, you know, there has been some rumor, and the rumors are fading a little bit with everything going on, that Le'Veon Bell might be seeking a trade down to Tampa Bay. Now, once again... That is just hearsay that it was happening. But 
if you look at what the New York Jets have done during the offseason, it's incredible. And they still got like $42 million left on their cap to spend. Somewhere in that vicinity. They added five offensive linemen. They basically took that offensive line, threw it out, and got a new offensive line. They got Bell. The question in New York is going to be, how good is Sam Donald? You can only do so much. And yes, the guy does not have weapons. They just lost Robbie Anderson. Quincy Anunua is hurt every year. Okay, so the Jets still have a lot of work to do, even on the offensive side. The Jets have always had a decent defense uh, because the previous head coach was Todd Bowles, and some of that defense is still there, and some of it has been given away. But, you know, I just was talking about the Jets there because of Le'Veon Bell. Don't be surprised, you know, if, if they can get something that's attractive. I mean, the question is, would you give up a first-round draft pick for Le'Veon Bell? And that's going to be our Twitter poll question. Once again, if you go to Twitter, at Larry Frank, it's U.S., we're going to post it in a couple of minutes on Twitter, is, is it worth the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading a first-round draft pick for Le'Veon Bell? And we'll have you answer once again that at Twitter, at Larry Frankis. Once again, I want to remind you all, if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, please, please, uh, you know, email me at franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. I have a Facebook page, Frankly Speaking. Want to thank everybody for joining us today. We want to remind you we will be back on uh, Monday morning. Uh, right now, we tentatively have planned a uh, live interview with uh, Tampa Bay Lightning captain and all-time leading Lightning goal scorer, uh, Steve Stamkos. So we'd love you to come and listen to that. Uh, everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you back uh, this Monday. Stay healthy, and God bless.